Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Four Feathers podcast. I am Johnny Nani. I'm joined by Tony Marchese. How you doing, buddy? What's up, Johnny? Two feathers uh, again tonight. Yeah, two feathers tonight. Um, you know, we we grind through it though. Yeah, we're we're grinders over here. We get we get shit done. We're there in the lineup every night, and uh, you know we're like a modern day Duncan Keith. You know, putting in all the minutes on this podcast. Yeah, there you go. So, um, Blackhawks uh, lost a tough one tonight, and we're on a skid right now again, unfortunately. Um, it sucked because we were playing well uh, in the stretch leading up to this, but now we've lost uh, four in a row and um, two of them in overtime, so at least there's points there, but still lost the loss. Um, doesn't help the team morale there. Uh, Wednesday night, Hawks lost 4-3 in overtime versus Nashville. Uh, Philip Forsberg, obviously the wrist is back to 100% with that nasty overtime goal. Uh, Saturday night, um, overtime loss versus Vegas. Uh, I have some thoughts about that one, uh, but I'll run these down first. And then tonight at New Jersey, 8-5 loss, just ugly. Um, Just take it away with some of your observations, Stone. So, you know, I've talked about how much I hate Nashville and, you know, watching that game go to OT. They didn't even touch the fucking puck in overtime. And I just can't stand losing to those guys, especially because you get all that fan reaction on Twitter or any social media outlet from some of these Nashville fans who probably aren't really hockey fans, in my opinion. Um, But... You know, you get you get all that trash talk back and forth. I think it's healthy, but at the same time, I just I can't stand that organization. So uh, I hate seeing them lose. Same thing happens in Vegas. I mean, dude, it was it was literally like watching you know Groundhog Day. Um, I think a few of my friends put it, uh, watching them go you know four three overtime loss again, right back to Vegas. And I think the really sad part is is. Nashville and Vegas are two really, really good hockey teams. And, you know, th- this Blackhawks team has pretty much made it known that their goal is to be a playoff team this year. And you're not going to get it done when you completely disappear at the end of games. Um, watching that back-to-back just... Ah. It was a bad week for Blackhawks hockey, in my opinion. You'd like to take the moral victory, I think, in some of these games where you go, oh, hey, like Nashville and Vegas, these are two really good teams. We took them to overtime. But I think Saturday sticks out to me more because you you watch them come out and completely dominate that first period, second period, and then just disappear at the end of the game. You can't have that on a playoff, on a playoff, you know, team that that shit doesn't happen um that third period in vegas i watched the blackhawks completely get outclassed 
And, you know, especially in the last, I think, three, four minutes of that game, there was no sign of life for this team. You knew going into overtime that they were going to lose. It was just a matter of how. And that's not what you like to see. Uh, I There could have been a little bit of, you know, carryover, I think, from that Wednesday game where, you know, you get the late goal to, to send it into overtime from Nismov, even though uh, I'm still mad at him for that play he made the, the week prior. But uh, sending that into overtime and not even getting to touch the puck, uh, you know, I, I just don't know what this team's problem is in overtime. They just can't seem to put it together and, and get a win. They've got the most, where they're tied actually for the most overtime losses that was entering tonight. I'm not sure. Uh, what happened tonight in some of the other games. They were they were tied for the most overtime losses of any team in the NHL entering tonight's play. Uh, that's not really something you, you know, want to have on your uh, you know resume for the season. So um, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I'm thoroughly disappointed in the effort put out um, specifically in late-game situations by this team. Yeah, no, uh, you talked about it. It kind of carried over from the... Uh, um the Anisimov play where he had it and shot from a bad angle shot that was against Calgary last Sunday. Um, and then, you know, uh, scores that kind of redemption goal to send it into overtime against Nashville on Wednesday. Um, but then, yeah, just the efforts just trash there. Um, you, you don't even touch the puck in overtime. You had already mentioned that. Um, I guess what I'm more disappointed about is uh, Vegas game with leads of two Oh and three one. And it's just ridiculous to me how, the energy can just shift and it's like no problem for Vegas to take it back. But if we're ever down in a game, there's, there's no chance like that, you know, we might sure score and rally score a couple of goals like they did tonight in New Jersey in garbage time. Um, but it, it's never like a full comeback effort where all four lines are invested into it. And that's, you know, uh, we we will get into some of the numbers uh, on an episode that we're going to break it down a little bit further, but you know, the scoring's top heavy. You don't, you don't need any numbers to tell you that, that uh, Kane and Debrinket are uh, scoring the majority of the goals for this team. Um, we are getting absolutely nothing from guys like David Kampf, uh, Brendan Perlini as of late, Drake Kajula. I know he's only been here a few games, but you know, just that type. Marcus Kruger's probably been silent for a while. Um, it, it's just frustrating to watch that. Whereas then you look at a team like Vegas and their fourth line is the one that's scoring uh, game tying goals late in crunch time. So uh, that's what's most frustrating to me. You know uh, who's really not doing it for me right now is Brandon Saad. Eh, yeah. I. See, Saad's an interesting case. Uh, I got to look a little bit closer at his numbers. Um, but that's but yeah, the thing he, definitely, he definitely has gone quiet, but he also did have a demotion to third line. Um, well, Johnny, here's, saying, here's the problem. Not saying that's his. Here's the problem. If he's not being an impact player and you got to go back and look at the numbers on what he's done, he's not making as big of an impact, I think, as he should. Yeah, I Yeah. No, I, I agree with you there. Um, when you're signing him for, you know, that much money, um, you want him to be noticeable like he was for a stretch there because, you know, yeah, he, he went through a good se- stretch. Yeah, he started off the season and we were doing this. You know, we even had an episode called Sod Situation. What the hell's going on with Brandon Sod again? Um, and then he turned it on and we were all about him. Um, he was playing like the power forward that we know and love. 
And then now I agree, Tony, he's definitely slipped back into that. Um, I just want to look at some numbers on it just to just to kind of back it up a little bit. But no, you are right. Um, If you're looking, if the scoring is going to be top heavy, you want all of your top guys firing. That means Taves. That means Saad. That means obviously Kane to brink it. All those guys up there, even a guy like Cahoon. I know he got one tonight, but um, you you need that if you're not going to be getting it from and you're not going to be getting any scoring support from the bottom six, which they have not been getting. So a little um, bit of weird thought here on Brandon Saad was, you know, he turned it back on right after he took that. I think I can't remember if it was a stick or a puck to the face um, and he was wearing the mask. Do you remember that he was wearing the cage? Yeah. And that's the time where he turned it around and he played with a lot more confidence. And then ever since that thing came off, he's kind of tailed off. Just something that I've noticed and wanted to, to point out. But I think that there's some sort of fear that he kind of plays with, at least watching him. He just he doesn't seem to have that edge that he did um, when he was wearing that cage. I, I'm not trying to dig too far into that, but I don't know if there was just some sort of you know, I'm protected feeling after that. So I don't know if um, he's got some sort of fear of taking something, you know, a stick or puck to the face um, after that injury. But that's, I don't know. I I like to pick out weird things. And that was one of the things that I've kind of noticed. Yeah. Well, we are about hot takes here. Um, And he did also um, notable on that subject did take a stick up high, um, you know, drew blood on it. So it was a double minor that resulted um, from that penalty that unfortunately he was the recipient of to the face. Um, but that may be another kind of, uh, you know, deer in headlights sort of moment for him. Um, so, yeah, that, I don't know why. I don't know why I fixated on that, but it's just something that kind of fucking bothers me is, you know, he's a hockey player and, you know, you're paying him that kind of money and he's, you know, he's in your top four. We kind of mentioned uh, that, you know, you need the the top guys because this is such a top-heavy lineup. You need your Taves, Kane, to brink it, and you, you need Brandon Saad to be a force on the ice. And for some reason, I just feel like he's kind of backed off a little bit. And you, you mentioned that he gets demoted to the third line. That's not where we want Brandon Saad to be. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um but at the same time, with the Brinkett playing so well, it's kind of hard to deny him a promotion. So um, definitely some tough decisions to be made there by Jeremy Calden. Hopefully they all get it back going so he has even tougher decisions to make um, coming up in the next few games here. Uh, tonight was ugly. Game against New Jersey. There was an eight-goal second period. Um, Hawks were on the bad end of that one for the most part. Uh, scored too late. One early, too late. Um, and... It, it just it, it was just disgusting to see a couple softies let in by Ward. Um, I, I honestly don't even want to touch on it too much because um, we, we've got one other topic, too. And then what we were preparing for during that third period of that game, um, our special guest on this week's show. So um, let, let's just get into our one news topic that we have before our guest. Uh, Jan Ruda was traded. We've trashed him a lot on this podcast. Uh, our boy Ron Luce, not with us tonight, but he has repeatedly called him a pylon on the ice and um, definitely was kind of a consensus um, among us. But anyway, the Blackhawks acquired uh, Slater uh, Cuckoo, defenseman from formerly of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He carries a cap hit of... 865k this year 
Um, they also they got a 2019 fifth round draft pick along with him from the Lightning in exchange for Ruda and a 2019 seventh round pick. So um, we got to be <laughs> happy to be go- done with Ruda, uh, Tony. I, I would imagine that's your feelings there. Correct yeah, me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with that one. Not not as much as the Brandon Manning deal. Um, yeah. But I'm definitely happy with Stan Bowman like shedding two point two five million dollar contracts. I if if you're a guy with a two point two five million dollar cap hit and you are employed by Stan Bowman, I think you should be worried right now. because uh, he just seems to have found a knack of getting rid of these guys. Um not sure how he's moving AHL defensemen for you know fringe NHL talent right now, but uh keep it up, Stan. Um, we like to see that, you know, as far as this goes, I look at it kind of as just a salary cap, you know, relief kind of deal. Um, I think the Kajula trade was a little bit more, I don't know. It it brought back a little bit more impact because I think Kajula is somebody that can provide something for the Blackhawks. I'm not sure if Cuckoo's going to do anything. Um, I'm less confident in him than I am Kajula, but you know, over the course of the year, shedding yourself of guys that you're trying to bury in the AHL is something that's that's going to pay itself off. You know, it, it, whether it's just financially or um, ends up paying off on the ice, I think it's something that that you know we as Hawks fans need to appreciate that Stan's trying to get rid of some of this dead weight, and he's actually moving players that he can move. Um, that don't have no movement clauses that he's handed out, and he's actually doing a decent job of of ridding himself of these multi-million dollar contracts that aren't doing anything for him. Um, I'm kind of curious to see what happens um, you know, through the rest of the year and into the trade deadline as we kind of approach that and see if Stan's able to rid himself of anything else. Um dead weight wise i don't know what else he really can do but you wouldn't expect this trade deadline to be like a major like you know i don't think there's going to be any major moves i think these are the type of moves that kind of position ourselves to save money a little bit for next year um maybe not in cap hit space but you know just for the sense of the hawks not having to pay some of these big contracts um you know, two point two five is is no joke, especially um, in a salary cap era for a guy who's not playing uh, NHL minutes. So, uh, kudos to Stan again. I think this is the second, third week in a row that we've had to give kudos uh, for something like that. So, I, I'm happy to see that. I'm not, I'm not thrilled, I guess per se, because these guys shouldn't have been signed to these deals in the first place. I was a little bit surprised. I'm not quite sure who had that tweet uh that said that um Jan Ruda was actually the most effective Chicago defenseman um I was surprised by that but at charting, the same point in charting time, hockey yeah it was Twitter. charting hockey you're you're correct uh I'm not I'm not I, I don't know how to feel about that I know we sent that to Ron and Ron <laughs> Ron got a kick out of it but the uh the fact that he was the most effective defenseman by you know, statistical analysis, which I don't really get into too much. Uh, the fact that he was the most effective defenseman was really surprising to me, considering uh, some of the other guys that we have on this team. 
Yeah, I, you know, I think I, you got to take those uh, charts numbers with a grain of salt because there is a formula that goes into them. So you would need to go on to said person's website and figure out what the formula is that they're using to um, prove that he's the most effective. And then you're also not taking into account the smaller sample size as compared to these other defensemen. I would argue that Carl Dahlstrom could obviously be up there as one of our top defensemen since uh, being called up from the AHL. Connor Murphy is probably up there as well, but he also has a smaller sample size. So was Ruta really that effective overall? I mean, obviously he got a demotion to the AHL. We saw him get burned a number of times, uh, just looking like he was wearing cement skates out there. So um, there's, you know, the numbers can tell you part of the story, but the eye test has to tell you the other. And the eye test will tell anyone, even if you're not a uh, diehard Hawks fan, watch every game. You could watch a game and tell me that Jan Ruda was not playing well that game. So, will you be bothered, though, if he goes and wins the Stanley Cup with Tampa? Uh, well, you know, the thing is with that, I was thinking about it. Um, the guys that we moved before when you're talking about guys that left the Blackhawks in a trade and then midseason went on to win a Stanley Cup um, with that team. So obviously Tampa's in a good position for that. But think about the other guys that had moved before. Trevor Daly to the Pittsburgh Penguins, more of a puck-moving defenseman. Kind of the consensus was that he was outed because you just didn't fit in with how Q wanted to use him. Um, Q couldn't use him as much as um, his value is worth. So obviously the trade was more valuable for the organization. And then kind of the same deal with Kempney. He was just constantly found himself in uh, the doghouse for whatever defensive uh, responsibility breakdowns that he would have. But then he seemed to make up for it on the offensive end, but that wasn't good enough because he wasn't getting the minutes here. So he goes to Washington and he proved to be one of the most effective defensemen for Washington down the stretch. Um, they kind of let him play his game a little more. Jan Ruda doesn't scream that to me. He's not an offensive juggernaut. He's not a puck-carrying defenseman. Um, I If he gets any time, I mean, I'm sure he'll get some time in Tampa in the regular season, but I cannot see him playing in any of anywhere past the uh, first round of the playoffs, Tony. So um, if he does, if Tampa goes on and wins the Cup, whatever. Good for Jan Ruda getting your name on it, but I do not think he will have any um, major contributing part in that uh, production down there in Tampa. So I joked with the guys um, in our you know, frequently mentioned group chat that Jan Ruda will probably score the game-winning goal of the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, I don't think that's actually going to happen, but I think it would be absolutely hilarious if Jan Ruda scores the game-winning goal in the Stanley Cup Finals, just so that I could troll Ron all next year with Pylon Ruda jokes <laughs> of him being the game-winning goal scorer of the Stanley Cup Finals for Tampa Bay. I think that would be absolutely... Fu- like It would just be so fun for me. I don't know why, but it, it just would. Yeah, I'm, sure, I, I'm sure you can attest to that, Johnny. I mean... I mean, it's Ron we're talking about. Yeah, no, Ron's the one that's definitely been railing on about him the most. Um, so, I mean, it, it sure, it would be a fun joke. But I honestly, Tony, though, I, I can't see him playing like these other guys. I could have I could have imagined Daly playing in situations because he's a puck mover. Could imagine Kempney playing in multiple situations because uh, Washington was short of D and uh, they 
they needed a puck moving guy and their system allowed for it. Whereas I just don't understand how this really fits in. And if he does play, it'll be a much more minimal role than these past guys, defensemen that have left the Blackhawks midseason and gone on to a uh, playoff contender. So I, I think it's just a different situation um, this time around. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I totally agree with that. I, I don't think that he's going to be any sort of difference maker anywhere he goes. I'd really actually be surprised if he re-signs in the NHL. I think he's going to probably head back over overseas to uh, finish out his career. But that's that's kind of my take on it. I think that there's plenty of Brandon Manning on Ruta guys in the NHL right now, and I don't really think that they're they serve too much of a purpose as you see some of these guys that are you know winding up back down in the AHL. So, you know, I, I think that, uh, I think that's a little bit of a far-fetched, you know, prediction from me, but I actually think it'd just be really funny. And I, I like the comedy behind it. Um, enough Jan Ruta talk. It's kind of depressing thinking that he yeah. was well, you know, actually on our team for for majority of the year. Only time will tell Tony. So we, we will find that out in uh, mid late June. It is time to be done with, uh, Jan Ruda, Blackhawks trade talk, and we are on to, I would say, the best guests that we have had on this show. Absolutely. Um, now we are joined by Jillian Fisher. Jillian's on the line. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys doing? Good. Well, it could be better. Hawks yeah. lost one tonight. <laughs> I was just going to say, I totally just lie there. My team is imploding, so I feel terrible. But besides that, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, we we got to do what we can to get by uh, in these tough times. So um, alcohol helps. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. So that, that's what we we you know uh, we'll let you introduce yourself here formally in a second. But um, you know your Twitter bio for anyone uh, that follows you on Twitter is you know I drink and make funny videos about sports. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so our since you're on the Four Feathers podcast, we have to introduce you to our form of uh, you know imbibing. And we say we crack them whenever something goes good, whenever something goes bad. So Tony and I just crack beers. Are you drinking anything tonight, Jillian? Uh, not tonight, because I have to film uh, a couple times this week. So I have to take a night off sometimes. So tonight it's just water. But ah, gotcha. uh, later this week, it will be it'll be something different. <laughs> well, that's the beautiful thing about crack them, because we can crack them for you then. So Please do. Yeah, yeah please exactly. do. I would, wish, I would really appreciate that, actually, because I feel left out now. All right. Well, now that we've uh, gotten that out of the way, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, who are you? Where are you from? Um, and just let our listeners know who you are if they might not uh, know of Jillian Fisher already. Some people might not know. Some people might. Some people hate it. Some people love it. Uh, I am Jillian Fisher. I'm actually a cultural anthropologist. That's how I got everything started. Uh, and I studied sport and culture. And I traveled around a lot. And I really love sports culture I just thought you know fandom is just such a fascinating and exciting thing and I wanted to be a part of the conversation around sports and fandom and I tried a lot of different ways to be a part of the conversation in more than just what's happening in the game providing that analysis you know what's going on in the stats and I felt like I'm a huge hockey fan I grew up with hockey you know I went watched my brothers growing up like that's some of my earliest memories with my brothers is watching them play rec league and things like that and I've always just been a huge fan but I've always poked fun at hockey and that like sometimes it's a little stodgy sometimes I feel like it takes itself too serious and it needs to lighten up it needs to be more fun 
and embrace personalities. And so I said, instead of complaining, I'm going to provide a solution. And I wanted to feel connected to the sport in a way and connected with fans in a way. And that's kind of where the videos came from. Uh, I started making funny videos about the different fandoms around the NHL in quick kind of jump cutty ways that, you know, keep, keep the pace moving along a little bit and gets to the point really quickly. So that's how the videos came about. And I'm just a huge hockey fan, really. I love, I, I grew up in the sport and I really love it. All right. Yeah. So you basically answered our second question there. How'd you get into making the <laughs> yeah. videos? Um, so then, yeah. So then tell us like where you're from. And uh, I think I've seen in some of your videos that you have uh, some flyers gear behind yes. you. <laughs> so I am, I was born and raised in Philly. I live up in the Boston area now, uh, but I'm a Philly girl in all of my sports. Uh, so I'm a flyers fan, which Usually I get a lot of crap for, but I feel like at this point people are just like, whatever, you're irrelevant this season. You're just a giant dumpster fire. <laughs> uh, but from Philly, and I think that probably is how I really got into everything is that like growing up in Philly, like everybody has this really specific idea of who you are as a fan. And I always found it so fascinating because like that was never my experience, right? I'm from Philly. Obviously that's not my experience. So I just always found it so crazy how, fans have like depending on where you go have like these certain personalities and i just really like tapping into that johnny's a closet philly fan <laughs> yeah, there's a lot so... of them in the west actually i have learned there are quite a few west coast teams who are like yeah like my east coast team is kind of philly and i'm like you damn straight it's philly <laughs> yeah so i'm glad tony brought that up because on a number of episodes um i kind of manned the twitter account and then um you know, I kind of do play the host role on this thing. So um, I always try to slip in a Claude Giroux or a Flyers or Gritty reference when I can, just because I always kind of love the style of play. I've been a fan of Claude forever. Um, I have the jersey from before yeah. he uh, had the captain's patch on it. Yeah. So uh, Tony had to bring that up there. But yeah, no, so you're, I you're just like, to, yeah, I just like to give him shit for it every time he runs, you know, Philadelphia <laughs> stuff from a Blackhawks podcast Twitter account. I, I think it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I think it's even funnier just because, like, my most heartbreaking sports memory is the Chicago Blackhawks beating us in the Stanley Cup final with that terrible goal. So it is kind of entertaining. Like, I think if besides that, my I don't have any like really negative feelings about Chicago. So it's interesting to hear a Chicago fan say positive things, uh, slightly positive things about Philly. But I get you. Claude Giroux is a, I love Claude Giroux. Like, I also have the jersey before it has the C on it. And I'm quite proud of myself when it was 70s night. Or no, it was Halloween. And I went dressed as like a girl from the 70s with my best friend. And my sign said Claude Giroux is groovy. And I thought I was hilarious. I look back, I'm like, I'm pathetic. But I thought it was the funniest person ever at the time. So I love me some Claude. That's great. That yeah. that is an excellent Halloween costume. Um, yeah. <laughs> he is pretty groovy. I'll say yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll get into uh, some of you know what has uh, kind of made you popular in yeah. the in, on the internet here. Um, so your videos. Um, yeah. how, how do you come up with your ideas for your videos? Because um, there's obviously a lot that goes into them. Um, so how do you even like start approaching a video? So I always have just like a running tally of ideas. Um, really any like mundane life situation you can pretty much turn into something or like you can take a hockey situation and apply it and make it 
really silly, like the banner video. It's just taking something that's like so outrageous, so ridiculous and making it into a video or like just the one for Christmas. I did a secret Santa, like just, it's something that, you know, if you work in an office, you know, there's usually some type of secret Santa or white elephant. And it's just like always this weird, awkward thing that you have to like be nice around your boss. So it's just any type of situation that kind of have running tally. Um, like I have one right now, I'm trying to work with a local animal shelter to do something about how all the teams are starting to foster dogs. And so I always have just ideas going. Um, some of them come together. Some of them don't. Like I tried to do one about Uber with Ottawa senators and it was like, I filmed it. I started editing it and I'm like, this is horrendous. Like, and I mean, you can make a joke about how sometimes the videos are pretty bad in general, but um, it's, it's just, it, I like to be creative. I like to take situations. I like to take a situation and imagine it and have this concept in my head and bring it to life. It's, it's really fun for me doing that kind of creative work. And usually the hockey world like gives you things to make fun of. Like there's, there's usually not a shortage of things to talk about. Thank you, Nashville. Um, yeah. <laughs> Nashville. <laughs> I mean, really any, like the flyers it, or like the whole thing going on in Edmonton where they said Shirelli's trying to, he, he released the troops in mass or whatever. So just there's always something going on. And it's just a matter of like finding a way to bring it all together. And because I am like a one person show, it's challenging. I, I would love to be able to make like a video every day of the week, but it's difficult when you're trying to do it when you're just really one person and like writing the lines. Like, so the process, the way the process goes, I have an idea. I kind of just shoot down some lines or some thoughts on it and whatever seems to be sticking, I'll work with that. And then um, I'll just start digging away once I figure out the idea that seems to be sticking and I'll start just churning away some lines. I'll do that kind of throughout the week. I'll, you know, touch on it a little bit here and there when something, you know, strikes or if I see something on Twitter and then I really start just putting the lines together, making it into an actual script. And then I do a shot list and then I'll get ready to film. And I, I usually run through the, the script one or two times through just to make it, you know, when you're writing these lines and you're seeing them over and over again and you're one person, it's difficult because you're like, I don't know what's funny anymore. I don't know if this even makes sense. So you have to, have to be careful with that. And then I film it and the editing for like the script kind of videos, like the Every Banner or the Secret Santa, those are really easy to edit because... I've done that ahead of time. Like you have to imagine that ahead of time. The ones that are a pain and the bane of my soul are like any of like the drunk hockeys that I do where I drink and just kind of ramble because I ramble. And most of the time, like my neighbors are being loud. So I start like yelling at them and it's just, it's just a, like that usually takes me several hours to edit. So that, but that one's really fun to film because I can just kind of say what I want and be a little bit more free and kind of show a little bit more of my personality. Whereas in the script videos, it's difficult because you're, you're really trying to like either play a character or just, you know, deliver one line and deliver it correctly. So there's a couple different types of videos. They all take, you know, a decent chunk of time, but I enjoy the creative process a lot. Yeah. So you're definitely very creative with your outfits. Um, yeah. I just had to ask, like, you know, if you ever seen one of her videos, she's, you know, in one frame is in Nashville year and the next frame is in Vegas and next frame, the Hawks, whatever it may be. Um, so do you have gear for every team? I do. I do have gear for every team. Uh, some of it 
was purchased like when I was planning trips. So I used to travel a lot. I don't travel as much anymore, but I was doing a lot of like research on the ground and I would do it around sporting events. So I would go and whenever I would travel, I would like to wear the home team's jersey or shirt or whatever. I just think you get a more authentic experience and it's really fun. I think that's like, that's what I prefer. It's not everybody's choice, but I think it's really fun um, because you get to meet the locals, you get to talk more and people are more likely to approach you. Uh, in a friendly way versus if you're wearing the opposing team or just like a random jersey. And so I've just, col- I started collecting them. It's probably been like five or six years that I've really started collecting them. And a couple of them I had purchased when I was, I planned to do a West Coast trip and I, it all fell through. So I had like my uh, Kings shirt, the Duck shirt. Um, I did manage to get to San Jose, but just in general, they've kind of come over the years for Christmas this year, my a bunch of my family members gave me like gag gifts that were jerseys, and I was like, "Jokes on you guys!" Like, I will actually use this, but they, <laughs> you know, it's only been a couple of months since I've really been doing these types of videos, and they, my mom watches everything. She doesn't get everything, but she watches it. It's like, oh my god, I love it. But that's because she's my mom. She has to say that. Um, but she, they gave me some like, you know, nice old jerseys like somebody gave me a FNUF jersey that was from Toronto I was like again I will absolutely use this jersey so you know I've gotten lucky over the past couple of months that people have been doing that but for the most part everything I had every single team except Pittsburgh I lied I do not have a Pittsburgh shirt and I get a lot of shit for it but I no love lost one. there <laughs> yeah I do not have one uh, I do get some crap for it the first one I ever wore was a uh i heard i heard a beer crack there Um, i'm a little jealous (laughs) the first one i ever wore the only like penguins kind of gear i had uh in college again i thought i was super funny and i bought a shirt that was a crying penguin with a number 87 on it and that's the only pens quote-unquote gear i have so i wore that and i got a lot of crap so now i just have like a yellow shirt and i have printed out a little penguin and I just taped it onto the shirt. So that's what I roll with now for that. So I have every team except Pittsburgh, which my mom would be proud for. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't spend money on them either. <laughs> uh, so out of all the videos you've made, which one, is, which one stands out to you? Uh, which one's your favorite? That's a, that's a tough question. Um, probably. I really love the banner video. I just, it was, um, when you're when you're making that kind of video, you have no idea how people are going to respond. So it was really fun to see that one kind of explode. And it was just, it was probably the most challenging one I've done creatively because one, I had to actually physically make the banners, but like to make a one sentence slogan for a team and you're kind of like making fun of it's like fake accomplishments that that was challenging and like I just said the Dallas Stars were the bane of my soul when I was doing that because they're just such this like eh team like you don't really know what's going on with them so they were really challenging and it was really fun to see that one come together I also really enjoyed like the the skit videos like the secret Santa one just because it's something that was different I had never really you know hadn't been doing skits so I'm enjoying doing that kind of video but the banner one's probably my favorite yeah, I enjoyed that one too. Um, do you have a video that you've made in the past and really liked, but never released it? Ooh, that I've really liked and never released it. I'm trying to think. No, I. The only video I kind of liked, I did like a question and answer back in like September, and the editing just was 
atrocious on it so I couldn't even say that I really liked it I just kind of felt guilty that I never released it because like I did have some questions that and I did go like respond to most people and I was like hey I'm sorry I never released this video um I tried very hard like to release the videos that I'm working on because like a lot of times anybody that does anything on the internet like you know how scary it can be to release something because you know people are going to come at you no matter what you do like you can have 10,000 people love it and one person's going to always like you have that one person and that, that that one stick stands out because it's negative and so it can be scary so I try not to let myself not release things because I can be an utter perfectionist and like I can like it's very easy to use that as an excuse to not publish something so I really do try hard to publish everything that I make except for the uber video that I made because it was really not good and it was kind of like not in good taste really like some of the comments so I was like you know what not gonna release this one so yeah that was kind of a touchy uh subject because at first it sounded like these guys are just trashing their coaches and then it came out that there's you know the driver kind of intentionally doing it so definitely yeah. a lot of controversy around that um yeah so under understandable on that yeah end. but what you had <laughs> talked about before though um about like your you know about one of your favorites with the uh banners if every team race a banner kind of inspired by that uh nashville whole thing at the yeah. beginning of the season yeah. um but you know one that's easy there for uh for you to pick on us at since we are a blackhawks podcast yeah. that's what we're yeah. going to transition to next you yeah. put for the Blackhawks, you put most outdoor <laughs> games, and yeah. that was perfect. Um, yeah. We love taking the heat for that. Yeah. Um, but it's not we your also, fault. It's not your fault, though, yeah, either. <laughs> we're also terrible in them. I mean, yeah, that's, that's also true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least the one that we won was against the Pens, so I, I think you can appreciate that. I really. can appreciate that. Definitely can appreciate that. So, yeah, I mean, so, we're we're not any good at outdoor games at all, either. We're gonna probably going to go 0-5, so because we're going to lose to the Pens in our stadium series game. So, like... I know what it's like to be horrendous in outdoor games. (laughs) Since we're on Blackhawks now talking about outdoor games, um, but you know, the Hawks, uh, they've been playing a little bit better lately. And of course, you know, when I uh, typed this whole uh, note section up, that was when they actually were playing better. Now they're on a (laughs) game skid. So that's lovely. But anyway, so overall it's been a rough season. Um, Just roast the Hawks. Give us your best. (laughs) I do want to preface this though, because, like, you guys have three Stanley Cups. So if you would have said to me, listen, you're going to win three Stanley Cups in a short time frame, like, even in my freaking lifetime, but you're going you're gonna to have a couple of rough seasons, I'd, like, give it to me any single day. So, like, for all the trash talking and, like, how bad it might feel right now, like, at the end of the day, like, you guys still do have three Cups. So, like, that is a huge accomplishment, especially in the age of the salary cap. So, like, mad props there so like whatever's happening right now keep that in your mind which i'm sure you guys do but uh that being said though it's like the current situation isn't ideal like i can poke fun at stan bowman for like the no movement clauses but that kind of is like being a dead horse everyone (laughs) really does it anymore and some people even defend it which i find interesting but like again it doesn't matter you you've won three stanley cups like you had to do what you had to do to get to that point, like to, to win like that, you have to make some, some maybe not great deals and great contracts just to make sure you get the talent that's there. You, you know, you're in, you're trying to keep that window as open, as open as you can for as long as you can. So, and really, if you think about it, you did, you did a really great job and 
you know, you're not St. Louis. You're not a dumpster fire with no Stanley Cups. Like, I just keep coming back to that because I would just love to have a, I love a Stanley Cup. <laughs> oh, that's great. She fits <laughs> like, in perfectly, Tone. Yeah. But, like, that's the, like, that's the damn truth. Like, even my team, the Flyers, like, again, no Cups. Like, so there, there is it's, – it's a tough balancing act. Like, I would love to, like, dig in even further on you guys. But it's, it's, it's tough because you have a lot of talented players and, like, you're, you're trying to keep the window open as long as you could. And there's some costs. There's, there's some costs that come with that. So, like, some of your contracts might feel aren't the best. You, you can't move somebody who doesn't have a great contract, maybe like Seabrook. But, like, that's, like, what's, that's what's going to happen. And – the main thing for me, though, is thinking about your goaltending because I guess I have like this weird thing with goaltending because I've never had a goalie really. I mean, my, the Flyers have Carter Hart coming, hopefully, theoretically. But like you guys, it seems like you're, I always call him Delia because there's a story named Delia, but it, Del, how do you say, I always say his name wrong and I'm going to get, I always say players' names wrong. How do you say your goalie's name? I'm pretty Colin sure that's Delia. Yeah. Delia. Okay. I Delia. always say Delia. Like, like Delia's the store, and I keep getting that wrong. So I wanted to make sure I got that correct. I wanted to acknowledge that I do get it wrong sometimes. But like, I get every player's name wrong, so it doesn't so, matter. But like he's been playing, he's been playing like he's a real like. He, he, I feel confident in him. Like I feel good. Like that's not fair that you guys have that. Do you know what I mean? Like what I would give to like have him. As, I mean, we do have Carter Hart coming, but you know that that for me a lot of this rebuild whether it's major or minor a lot of it feels like it stems from the goaltending because if you don't have a good goal you're not going to go anywhere in the the nhl anymore it feels like and he seems to be stepping up to the plate he's been helping out in so many ways so that is huge and i just don't feel like it's all doom and gloom for you guys like i feel like there is like this super pessimistic there and i want to yell at your fans for being so pessimistic like if i anything i would roast how pessimistic you guys are being because it's really not all that bad anytime you're doing any type of like quote-unquote rebuild and I don't even like saying that with the Chicago Blackhawks because you still have a lot of talent um but a lot of it is very fragile one thing could break and everything else falls apart so like there is a little bit of that worry but you know you do have players and you have exciting players that are coming up like to bring cat like that I'm excited for him his goal scoring is very exciting for me so you know it's a Making fun of you guys is a balancing act for me because, like, I can I can dig in as hard as I want to, but at the end of the day, like, it's not as bad as I think everyone feels like it is. And you have three Stanley Cups. <laughs> yeah. So, Jillian, what you're pointing to there with, uh, I understand w- what route you'd take there about the pessimism of Fox fans. Yeah. So you're definitely in a niche of uh, Blackhawks Twitter or wherever these comments that are coming from. Um, and I, I will give you that, that there is a lot of that, um, just a lot of cynical thought that goes on around it the surfaces. Blackhawks. It's yeah, so the top. it really does. So, but we just want to let you know that you are on absolutely fun-loving Blackhawks uh, podcast. We love to be as positive and gung ho and yeah. super fans as possible. So, now that for me. yeah, now that you yeah. mentioned Dahlia, um, yeah, have you ever seen like the text format? Like, uh, are you religious? And then it's like, I want to introduce you to my religion. And then, like, no, I picture, haven't seen this Okay, well, we photoshopped one in with Colin Dahlia in there. Yeah. We just came out of the scene and was on fire to start. Yeah. And then, so it was like, praise be to Dahlia or the Dahlia Lama. <laughs> that that a, is very he's, good. He's our religion. <laughs> so just yeah. want to let you know that there there are fun uh, Hawks uh, Twitter fans out there. I just so feel like you just got to find us. You guys, it's, it's tough 
I think I imagine as a fan base, it's tough when you win a lot. And then all of a sudden, like you're, you're kind of not in this mode where you're expected to win the Stanley cup. Like for so long, I remember at the start of every season, it felt like it was a decade, even though Tally wasn't, but it was just like the Hawks are going to win the cup. The Hawks are going to win the cup. Like just to have that kind of dominance is amazing. And the fact that you don't, doesn't feel like you need a full blown rebuild is also amazing. So like, yeah, your GM has made some questionable moves, I'm sure. But to me, it felt a lot like he was doing everything he needed to do at that time to, to keep your window as open as you could. Now, mind you, some of the things probably weren't the smartest, but like, I still feel pretty positive that the Blackhawks are a relevant team and will continue to be relevant. So as much as some people probably hate that, that's just that's how I feel. So when you talked about Stan Bowman there, and sure there have been those uh, moves or uh, signings that people haven't been particularly happy with. We were thinking of since we, you know, have uh, the video queen herself um, <laughs> on our podcast, we were thinking if we were to make a Jillian Fisher style video, mm-hmm. you'd pro like if we were doing this from like a pro Blackhawk standpoint. <laughs> yeah probably make a mockery of the most recent trade this one was actually was good for the hawks so we yeah make a mockery of the brandon manning for drake kajula trade uh, oh. it's hilarious that you know shirelli is dishing out you know these young forwards for defensemen that cost 2.25 annual average and it's gonna be healthy scratch as soon as they get there anyway so do you have any thoughts on that deal i just i think i'm just amazed how edmonton is always finding ways to make bad trades uh, I really am amazed at that. And that, like, at least they're not trading away like top six players, but it's and it, like you said, Chicago really seems to have gotten the better end of that deal. Just clearing up some cap space. And, you know, I feel like you're getting a, a higher ceiling player, but I still, I mean, it's not like this deal. It's not this blockbuster deal for me. It's I think you guys got like a, again, like a higher ceiling player, but there's, you could make a whole video so you can make a whole video about the trades that Edmonton makes. I just feel like you guys happen to be in a funny situation because that was just like, what the hell is going on with, with Peter Shirelli here? Why is this trade happening? It was just a strange thing, I felt like. But for you guys, it's like, you, you guys made out on that one, I feel like. So I feel like if I was to make a video about it, I couldn't make fun of the Hawks. I'd have to make fun of Edmonton there. Yeah, that's what we're looking for. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely make fun of Edmonton. I mean, <laughs> I kind of feel bad because that's all I ever do, but I'm like, I don't know what nice things to say about them at this point. Do you think McDavid is just waiting to get out of there? I feel so bad for that kid. Um, I can't even call him a kid anymore. He's not. It just, I think the thing that bums me out the most is while I would, I probably would regret saying this but it sucks to see a player like mcdavid not having any not having a supporting cast really like i think it'd be way more fun in general to see him playing with people that built him up so i think that as a fan it sucks i think as a player i can't even imagine the frustration that he has to feel i mean he would never obviously say that but i have to imagine if a chance came for him to go to a different team I have to imagine he would. He would never, obviously, ever say that. But who would want to be in that situation, really? Yeah, I I think it just sucks for the NHL to have probably your most marketable player on that franchise. It's just, you just, again, as a fan, I want to see, he's so exciting and fun to watch. Like, look at what he does with nothing. Could you imagine what he would do if he had people even people just slightly building him up it would be so much fun for us to watch so it's 
it is disappointing and I just, I honestly don't know how Shirelli has a job. I don't understand. Like, if I did any of my jobs as poorly as that, I would have been fired. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a job right now. I would have been fired. So it's just, yeah, I have to imagine the NHL isn't happy either. They do a pretty good job of marketing McDavid when he does something awesome. And every time he does something awesome, all I can think about is, my God, how much more fun would this be if he wasn't on Edmonton? Yeah, no, that, I mean, that's exactly how I feel about it, too. As long as he goes, well, if he does move, as long as it's not to Nashville or St. Louis, I'm pretty okay with it. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't want him in the East unless it was on Philly, which, I mean, that would be so amazing. But <laughs> I could understand why we wouldn't want him on Nashville or you said St. Louis. Yeah, St. Louis. You can't, you can't have him in St. Louis for you guys. That would be like... That'd be a nightmare. Nobody wants to see McDavid in uh, <laughs> St. Louis. That that would just be awful. Yeah. Um, so as we were talking about um, just some of those transactions there, um, do you have any, like, you know, I feel like this might be a topic that could come up um, with the, after that uh, Schmaltz for Strom Perlini trade mm-hmm. this year, that has to mark like the seventh, eighth deal that the Hawks and Coyotes have done over the past, like yeah. three, four years. So it's very any, interesting. Yeah. It's uh, like part. I think I saw somebody joke about like, does Dan Bowman only have the number, like only have his phone number anymore? Like, did everyone else say like lose my number to him? Uh, which was just kind of funny to think about. But it seems like they fall into two categories, like either clearing cap space or like underdeveloped prospects. And I think it's interesting that it keeps going back and forth between the Coyotes and the Blackhawks. It makes me not question in a negative way, but it makes me think about like how the organizations are developing these players and like they're just the systems they're using because it keeps happening. It's not like a, it's not even like one or two times. It's been several times over the course of a couple of years. So you you have to wonder about the system that they're in. Maybe it's good that they have that kind of relationship with the Coyotes. Like maybe their systems play off each other. Like if one isn't good for one player, it might be good for like, there's the opposite type in Chicago. I don't know. I don't have that answer, but it seems that there, there's a weird relationship about like to me about the system, like the systems they use to develop these young players. I like how you picked that question because that's always been a hot topic for me, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. So um, do you think people outside of Chicago are sick of hearing about the Hawks? And are you? Um, I know you kind of gave a little bit about your take on it, but um, since you'd like to cover, you know, kind of the emotions of uh, the league wide. So what do you think? I think right now people aren't sick of it just because like nobody's thinking they're winning the Stanley Cup this year. I think in general, obviously, people hate hearing about success you guys were like the the good guys when you beat us in the stanley cup final and you won the stanley cup and then after that it was kind of like all right we're done with the hawks because like you did you had your moment of glory like you were this great story you had you had this drought you also you beat philly like nobody ever wants philly to win and then you guys just kept being good and it's like the new england patriots like nobody wants to see them do good things anymore they're like the evil empire so like you don't want good things these people and i don't know what it is like what it says about us as fans and sports like why we want good things to be ruined you know if you guys weren't doing well nobody's sick and tired of hearing about how edmonton sucks you know nobody's tired of hearing about that because they're like ah poor edmonton but like the hawks won three stanley cups like shut up you just i'm glad you guys are doing bad now if the pens could fall too that'd be great like that's how it feels so (laughs) I 
personally am not like, I don't get sick of things because I, I can, I can appreciate fandom in general. The only, I think the only time I would ever get sick of the Hawks is I would like to see the NHL. And this isn't about the, the winter classic in, in Chicago or like having Chicago in it. I just would like to see the NHL do it in different markets. Like I know you guys probably don't like the idea of Nashville, but I think it'd be so fun or like finding a way to get Tampa in there. Those are the times. And it's not that I'm annoyed that Chicago's in it. I'm annoyed at how the NHL decides to market it. So it's not really you guys I'm sick of hearing about. It's just like there's other storylines that could be played in these winter classics. Yeah. You know, they did an outdoor game at, uh, in LA. Yeah. It was Anaheim mm-hmm. in uh, LA. So they, they did that back like what, four years ago or so. Oh, so it's yeah. definitely possible in that warm, uh, climate. Well, when um, I was in Denver, it was like 70 degrees outside. Now, mind you, it got cold pretty quickly, but it was still, I, I was surprised at actually how warm it was in, in Denver when I was at the stadium series game there. So it can be done. You know, I'd I don't love know. to see one in Vegas. Oh, it'd be so fun. Like, I feel like yeah. it, you know, the outdoor games are supposed to be this kind of party almost, I feel like. So it's supposed to be different than a regular season game. It's, it still counts the same, but you want it to stand out. You want it to be like a spectacle. And I think Chicago was great for that. I just think you're playing the same storyline over and over again. And they tried something different this year, but it would just be fun to see different teams in it. That's all. Yeah, well, my take, just throwing this out there, I hate Notre Dame, so I didn't like all the, you know, this history and that history, so. (laughs) Yeah, um, I can imagine. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, I didn't care too much for that, but the Hawks and Bruins both wore some pretty sweet sweaters, so I guess that (laughs) was a good. They were good. So, yeah, bringing us to that, now that I touched on that subject, um, we're a little biased, but we think the Hawks, we talked about in our very first episode, why we started this podcast, Four Feathers, you know, that's kind of where we got the name from the Indian head. Uh, We think we have the best sweaters, best jerseys in all sports. Um, No denying how iconic the logo is. Um, So what's your favorite NHL jersey? So I do like the Hawks. I I don't want to discredit that. Um, I... One that I just like the of the current teams that I really enjoy is San Jose. Uh, I I just really like their jerseys. I don't have like any great reason as to why I do or don't. Um, but another one that I will always love, I think, because it ties to my childhood a lot. Like I remember, I don't know who owned one of these when I was growing up. I might have. It kind of gets blurry because like all, we all kind of played roller hockey together. But the Kachina jersey for Phoenix. It's just so nostalgic for me. And like, it's not, I'm not even trying to be like hipster about it. Like there's just something that when I, you know, when, cause I got one for Christmas and I was so freaking pumped. Um, cause I know I, I had to have owned one when I was a child. I know I did. I don't know what happened to it, but there's just, there's such this, um, like it ties me back to like growing up and falling in love with the sport. And it's also just a really awesome logo in general so i think that together for me makes it my favorite like it has a special place in my heart as cheesy as that sounds but it really does so speaking of other teams um how much hockey do you actually get to watch oh like sitting down and just like watching a game without doing anything else um not a whole lot of just like straight just focusing on one game i move around a lot if that makes sense so like if i see for example eight goals are scored, I'm going to tune right into that game. Like, I'm going to switch it and change into that game. So you're watching the Devils just pounce on the Hawks, right? (laughs) I mean, tonight I wasn't because I was prepping for the podcast and all this stuff. But 
theoretically I would have watched that. Yes. <laughs> but in, in general, it's, um, you know, if there's hockey on, I have it on in some format, um, whether it's, you know, on my phone, streaming, sitting, like having a computer, like my laptop or sitting actually down and watching it on TV just kind of depends. I will say the playoffs though, I sit, I sit down and I watch like as much hockey as I can. Like I don't, try to multitask or anything like I just freaking watch it um but yeah God, I got I just realized how sad that sounds about my life like I just always have hockey on all the time <laughs> so who's your favorite current player in the NHL Ooh, like is a there a player that question yeah is there some um, is there a player that you have to like turn the game on just to watch yeah so people probably don't like that I say this but Ovechkin to me is I, I have often said how much I love Ovechkin. Anytime that I get the chance to watch Ovechkin, I will be watching him, which is like I probably shouldn't love him as much as I do because, you know, I'm from Philly. But I I absolutely – I feel like if I'm not watching him, I could be missing something that he's doing, if that makes sense. Like he could be doing some crazy thing, Ovechkin thing, and I'm going to miss it. So I do like tuning in to watch them play. Like if there's a game with the Capitals on and I don't know what game I'm going to watch, it's going to be the Capitals. Which I know it sounds like super lame, but <laughs> it's not as exciting as an answer I feel like as I want it to be. But I really do love him as a player. Now that one timer is just ridiculous. You really do almost miss something um, if you're not watching him. So I I, I agree with that uh, sentiment yeah. there. He's just um, fun too, you know. He yeah. just he just loves the sport, and I think that's what's fun about watching him. Uh, he finally got his first Stanley Cup last year. I know you put that in one of your top moments of mm-hmm. uh, in video. Um, yeah. Who do you like to win it this year? So I'm torn because one, I jinx teams for sure. I absolutely do. Um, the team I would love for to win the cup this year is Tampa Bay. I have been a long supporter of Tampa Bay. I think they have done amazing things with hockey down there. Like if you go down there, hockey is the sport. Like it really is. Like, I mean, they do a good job with their, the NFL team bucks too, but like it's a hockey town, which is just so wild because it's a transplant city you know, it's warm. You don't necessarily think of hockey when you think of Tampa. But their owner, Vinick, has done incredible things, not just with the Tampa Bay Lightning, but with Tampa Bay in general, the entire city. And that whole plan has been a part like of growing the, growing the sport of hockey and growing the entire city. And they are disgustingly good. I always worry about teams that are that good going into the playoffs because I, you just always feel like the other shoe's going to fall at some point. Like, when's the shoe other, other shoe going to drop? That's really how it feels. Um, but I, I, more than any other team, like, that's the team I want to see win the Stanley Cup. Um, I think I love Calgary out west right now. I, I actually just posted a picture of my Instagram. I purchased a uh, Stanley Cup with Calgary on it, and I've been trying to find a way to get that into a video, and I haven't been happy with any of them, so I just decided I'm going to post it on Instagram. Um, I, I love, <laughs> I love Calgary out West right now. Um, the, the West is good though. That's the other thing, but there's a lot of other teams that are decent, but they're just standing out a lot for me. And I, I think that would be so fun for them. I think they're an exciting team and I think it'd be, you know, people talk about like, Oh, like we want to see Canada win a cup. And I'm like, 
I don't know exactly if I agree with that, but I just think the passion that comes from a city like Calgary and hockey would be so cool to see. Calgary is definitely a good pick for that. They're super balanced. Obviously, you got mm-hmm. the superstar line with uh, Gaudreau and Monaghan up top, mm-hmm. but they just have like balanced scoring throughout their lineup. So that that's just what makes me excited about them. And then another one you said, Tampa. I love Nikita Kucherov. Mm, um, yes. He's a stud. So always another fun one to watch if I ever am just tuning into random games. Also, I want to add Gaudreau is incredibly fun to watch recently. Like he's been out of this world recently. Like if you look at just what he's been doing to that team, like I kind of joke that sometimes it feels like he's doing what Taylor Hall did for the Devils. Like when when everything else is failing in Calgary, like if anything's failing, like it just feels like Gaudreau just like lifts this team up and is like, well, I'm gonna score more goals or I'm gonna do stuff for you guys. Like he's a really fun player to watch. I guess that's why they call him Johnny Hockey. Johnny Hockey. I love him. I do. (laughs) Yeah. So you made a really hilarious video on the Seattle expansion franchise and then like the other team's thoughts on the another expansion (laughs) draft. So um, just if you want to sum up a little, you don't have to sum up your video, but just what are your thoughts on the new expansion team? Vegas or Seattle? Which Seattle. Yeah, I think Seattle is going to be an amazing city. Uh, I think they also won't get as much shit. Oh, Sorry, can I say that? I don't, I don't even make you guys to believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, this is, that's <laughs> did, totally fine. Okay, and it's like crap. I didn't ask if I could curse. Um, they're not going to get as much stuff from the around the rest of the league because, like, I feel like the Golden Knights took up the brunt of it, and they they embraced it. You know, they they brought it upon themselves in a way. I shouldn't say that. That sounds really terrible, but like they did. You know, they they were like, we're different. We're weird. We're going to be very kitschy about things. Like, come at us. Uh, I think Seattle, people, like, already respect Seattle as a hockey market in general because, like, they know Seattle's this great place for sports. I think you're going to have great rivalries, you know, already with Vancouver. But just, they're, if you've ever been to Seattle, if you've ever heard anything about Seattle, about their, their sports market there, everything is true. They, they really, they show up for their sports teams. And I love supporters groups in hockey. Um just the idea of like being an active fan versus just sitting in your chair. Like I like that idea and that culture already exists really heavily in Seattle. So I think you're going to definitely see that bleeding over there. Um, the expansion draft obviously sucks. Like we just had one. So that part sucks, but I think people will are a little more forgiving to Seattle than they will, than they ever will be for Vegas because there's just like this innate, like they just command respect off the bat because I think people are excited that hockey is going there. Yeah. Um, I, I will definitely be um, easier to warm up to Seattle than Vegas. I think everything about Vegas is insufferable, but we do not have to get into them here. Uh, <laughs> we'll, leave this. we'll leave that. Um, what are your thoughts? Let's, let's just move on to our yeah. last NHL topics here. Uh, thoughts Actually, on Actually, hold on, Johnny, one second. What? I'd like to see uh, a Jillian Fisher uh, mock video of their intro. That's actually a great idea and one I haven't thought, but I'm going to write it down if you don't mind. Because uh, No, absolutely. <laughs> I, that's actually a brilliant idea. Uh, or just like their interta- like in-game entertainment. Yeah, their in-game entertainment. I, I, I haven't been out there, but I've had a few friends who've gone out there and they yeah. say that it's just it's, it's almost like you're at like a Las Vegas show yeah. versus a hockey game. And I think that that's just so peculiar. And I think the interesting thing is, like, if you make fun of it, because, like, I have some friends out there in Vegas, and I absolutely love them, and I love the passion that the fans have there for the sport, because a lot for a lot of them it is new. So it's really exciting to see people falling in love with the sport. And, like, making fun of them, 
you know, it's, you're not, I don't even feel like I'm making fun of them because like they know exactly what they are. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't, most of them, I should say, know that, you know, Hey, we're different. And they're just like, they totally are like, this is who we are. Um, and they kind of own it. Most people, obviously, you know, again, all of the negative and angry and anger filters, filters to the top, but, uh, you know, Vegas is just, it's a very, it's a very different market. And I'm glad they did it that way because I think if they tried to do it any differently, I think it would have not resonated as well in Vegas, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I, I understand that completely. My one like shtick, uh, my just, I don't know. Uh, I, it annoys me. Their Twitter account. Um, some people think it's fun and th- some people think it's hilarious. I followed it to start. I had to mute it after like three weeks. Yeah. And Jillian, tell me if you think this is a decent uh, comparison. They yeah. tried to be the Wendy's of hockey Twitter. They did. Oh, sense? they definitely did. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And like it just, well, they did fire their, um, the guy, right? They fired the guy that ran their Twitter. Like, was it halfway through last season? I thought. Um, and now, like, if you look at their Twitter now, it's definitely a toned down version of what it was last season. I feel like it was. Um, but they, yeah, that's a very good comparison. They were tr- like, they tried to be the Wendy's instead of just like Wendy's got Wendy's like, you can't imitate Wendy's. Like they're so good at what they do. <laughs> yeah. They started that. And then it's just, everything else is mocking them. Yeah. So like you had, like they had to try, I think if they had done it a little bit more original and they didn't try to be just like Wendy's, you might've had a little less resistance. But again, it was also just so different. But I've noticed the LA Kings recently, their Twitter, they've been very self-deprecating, and I've really enjoyed that. Very, very self-deprecating. It's very Speaking of LA, did, did anybody see Snoop Dogg? I just saw this yeah. like a couple of hours ago, and I'm like, I'm very sad that I've missed because like it has millions of views, and I'm like, how did I miss this already? That was the greatest thing that's ever happened, I feel like, for, for LA this season. His complete cluelessness of what was going on out there was just the like the most entertaining thing for me. Oh, yeah. And he, I think when, no, go ahead, Julian. Oh, no, no, go ahead. I have nothing, oh, I was gonna validate that. All I was gonna say was, yeah, that Tony, but I do think now, whenever there's gonna be a fight that breaks out, I'm gonna say, let's, uh, let's get it cracking. Let's get, <laughs> well, I like, I like that because, I, well, I sent it to you guys, but he yeah. was like using our terms for like cracking beers, like, you know, let's get it cracking, yeah. let's crack them, meet me at center <laughs> ice. I mean, I, I, I feel like Snoop should have done like a promotional thing for, for Four Feathers podcast. <laughs> Reach out to him, see what happens. I'm really yeah, curious. Exactly. You might be able to get him. <laughs> if there's anybody out there that's listening to this that has ties to Snoop, let us know. <laughs> you could just, tw- does he have a Twitter? I actually don't know if Snoop has I don't a know, but now yeah, I don't know either. Find out. Find out, because you could always tweet at him and be like, yo, Snoop. You never know. You never know. Celebrities find weird. They they respond to weird things on Twitter. So you got to shoot your shot. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, right. so we're uh, getting to the end here, Jillian. Sorry, we don't want to take too much of your time no, here. But um, since he's your hometown mascot, thoughts on yeah. Gritty? Obviously, a viral sensation. Oh, I love Gritty. And I like to joke that I was team Gritty from the beginning. When they, when they announced Gritty, I actually didn't know they announced a mascot. So somebody tweeted at me and they're like, thoughts on the new Flyers mascot? And I was like, wait, what? They have a mascot? And at first, my first thought before I saw him was like, why'd they get a mascot? Like, that's just weird. And then I saw him and I was like, I know what they're doing here. Because I see, I grew up with the Fanatic, the other weirdest mascot in sports. Uh, he's a big green monster with a weird belly and a weird nose that like, his tongue sticks out of his nose. Like, it's really strange. 
And it's, well, it turns out the guy that made the fanatic also made gritty, but you know, in the age of the internet, anytime you're debuting something like that, everyone's going to hate it. So just, just steer into the hate. And that's exactly what they did. They like went right into it, went as crazy as you could go. And like, they, I think they just like crossed their fingers that like everyone would turn on it and be like, okay, this is so weird. I love it. And that's exactly what happened. If he didn't have the personality on social media, like if he didn't have a social media account, I don't think there would be this love for him or hate. You know, there's definitely that hate side still. Like, don't get me wrong. People still also find Gritty to be obnoxious because he is. Um, But just his personality on social media is very entertaining. It just kind of embodies Philly perfectly. So I think they did a good job there and it helps grab attention, obviously. So we need it this season. Yeah, I'm yeah. completely jealous of the mascots because outside of Tommy Hawk beating the shit out of somebody <laughs> at, a, yeah. at a game this year, moment. That like, was that's hilarious. That's <laughs> like if Tommy Hawk didn't do that, I was I was losing mad respect for Tommy Hawk up until he <laughs> put that guy in a chokehold. Oh, you know, that was so funny. Business. But, you know, I, I was kind of jealous. And, and Johnny, you can attest to this. Like I've had like this fixation on Gritty ever since he came in to mascot them uh, <laughs> I, I i was wanting stan bowman to trade for gritty i don't know what <laughs> what would you be willing to offer up though is the question yeah that's the question i don't yeah. know he's such a character and i think a lot of it for me like represents the nhl really trying to adjust to a different culture a culture where social media is ever present and people are demanding more than just entertainment on the ice because also, you know, half of the league has crap quality on the ice, more or less, like for a lack of a better term, it's crap quality, you know? Um, and that, that to me was nice just to see the NHL kind of really embracing that. And also gritty is just, he's so weird, but you can't help but love him for me, at least. Like I am, I, I get you because I immediately bought like gritty gear. Like I stalked gritty when I went to a flyers game, I didn't meet him, but I like, straight up stalked for him um <laughs> like i didn't get to see as much of the game as i wanted to because like i would see him like i would see where he is in the stands and i'm like okay let me go find him like i would try to get to him and he was always gone by the time i got there it was a poor stalking you know attempt on my part but he, he's just i don't know i don't know i don't know there's this enigma around him that you just can't help but like fixate on yeah julian it goes even deeper because i browse the flyers <laughs> subreddit sometimes yeah and- these people like here's the post, closet like, Philly fan coming out. They'll, Johnny. they'll they'll post some of like these like ridiculous like things. People will make like cookie cakes, cupcakes, like no way homemade decorations <laughs> that are great, homemade Halloween <laughs> costumes that are like just you know uh, glorifying gritty, and it is hilarious to see. So it's about that, all uh, they got going for us, true. though. So I like that he gets playtime on Saturday Night Live too. Like I during the it's... weekend update, they've they've gone to different news events that gritty's been a part of like that's how big he is in like american culture now i think in one of my like top five you know favorite moments from uh from 2018 i think it was the fact that gritty was like really the thing that got hockey into pop culture like that was one of my favorite moments in hockey like who would have thought a deranged orange monster would be like the solution to breaking through pop culture but here it is you know so kind of Hey, I'm glad I'm glad the Flyers could be of some use this season. Obviously, uh, gritty part of the um, NHL becoming way more fun. 
Um, another great thing that has played into that is the Carolina Hurricanes post-game yes. celebrations. Yes. Um, what What are your thoughts on that? And do you have a favorite one? I like yes. the bowling one. So. The, bowl, the bowling one is epic. That was that was my favorite. But I think my my favorite is the first one, like the very original one, because if you think about like just how insane it is that they did that in the NHL, like I give mad props to Justin Williams because he knew he was probably going to get a lot of questions about it. And like, of course, people are going to hate on it. Yeah, it's super cheesy. Who cares? Like, it's a, it's a, you're going to a live sporting event. It's supposed to be entertaining. And like, some of my favorite moments from sports in my recent lifetime were like the Viking clap from Iceland in the World Cup. Like, I just think about that. Or like when they returned from, uh, was it the Euros? Like that, that seeing all these people do these things as a community, like where sport and fan get to be together on the same playing field. That's so awesome. And I think for a market like Carolina, which people like to poke fun at about it being a struggling market, this is great for them. And I think it was, it's amazing that they have found that way to connect with their fan base. And I think people are just cranky because like, again, people hate on me for my videos and I don't understand totally why I'm like, it's, a silly goofy video about sports like chill out and so i i get that there's like a lot of this anger about it um i don't get why but my favorite one is the the first one i think just because i think that like that's the one you're always going to look back on like that's how that's how it started and in hockey that's just pretty crazy that they're like we're going to do this and they did it together as a team and they got the fans into it and that's just really cool yeah, it was definitely a great moment. I love Team Sellies, full Team Sellies. Oh, yeah. Um, so that uh, it's just been great to see the Hurricanes do that. And it makes you like them more because before I was kind yeah. of indifferent about them. Now I'll kind of tune into on NHL exactly. TV the game just to like see the celebration, see what's going on afterwards. So. I like I long term goal for me would be to see them winning the Stanley Cup and doing that celebration just to have like Brian Burke have a heart attack. Like that's like. You know, yeah. I, I shouldn't wish a heart attack on anybody. I take that back. I don't actually wish that on anybody. So like, a, I a figurative say that. one, a figurative yeah. one. Yes, like him. I just want to see him on TV, like his, you know, the the veins popping because he's so upset by this. So that that's exactly what they did, though. They took a lot of indifferent people, and they were like wait a second, that's pretty awesome, because that's exactly how I felt about them. We are getting to the end here. Um, it's been an honor to have Jillian Thank Fisher you. on. She is uh, not only a guest on Four Feathers, she has also been a guest on NHL Network a few times now. How did those appearances come to be, Jillian? Um, so I've worked with the CMO of the NHL, and like she's contacted me directly a couple of times. Like We still have a relationship. We talk a little bit here and there. And then I also have a contact at um, the NHL network. So like they're kind of a little bit different, they're kind of the same. Um, and they both have contacted me directly uh, via Twitter, actually. And, you know, that kind of kicked it off. And a lot, I think a lot of it's just like being a nice person, like being responsive, like being thankful. Like it's just a simple thank you goes a really long way. Um, and, you know, the NHL, they obviously have to be very protective of their brand. They're doing some different things. They're really, they're, I give them so much props because they're really trying new different, uh, new ways of delivering content, new ways of delivering information. And, um, you know, the fact that they've even taken any chances on me is insane. Like they didn't know me. <laughs> they just saw I made a video and they contacted me. Um, so I, I have nothing but like, immense respect and they've been a delight to work with like most big brands that I've worked with 
have been a little challenging. Like they're very difficult to like get through the system. You know, I'm, I'm a tiny little person. I don't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. And they've never like, they make you feel important when you're talking to them. And that's amazing. Um, so they're, it's mostly now just like text messages or, you know, emails that like, you know, we've established kind of a rapport with each other. But again, just kindness goes a long way. Like, just don't be a dick and like, be a nice person. Like that's as weird as that sounds like that's, I think the internet can, has kind of made people a little bit abrasive, like abrupt. And I think just being a nice person goes a really long way. Yeah, definitely. So that kind of transitions perfectly into um, one of our last questions here. Uh, any resolutions or goals for 2019 since we're about two weeks into the new year? Yeah. Um, so I, I, one like kind of specific goal is I have like two different types of video. I do like the drunk hockey, just like down the barrel, sitting on my couch. And then I also do like the, the skit kind of things. And I'd like to try to do two skits per month because they are a little bit more work. And like you don't want to do a skit every week. It's just like too much in your face. Um, and I would like to continue to, you know, do some work with the league or with like actual members of the league in some capacity, just to kind of keep that relationship going. But a lot of that comes from just like continuing to grind, continuing to like make that content. So ultimate goal is just to keep being creative. Like that's the the big overarching picture. Just keep being creative and keep trying to, you know, make people laugh. You know, some people are obviously some people aren't going to, but you know, keep poking fun and making sports fun is really the ultimate goal. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you do a great job of that. So um, can you let our listeners know where they can find you on social media um, so they can connect with you if they haven't already? Yeah. So on Instagram, you get a little bit of different, like I try to be a little bit more like you get a different view of my life on Instagram, which is Fisher Jillian. Uh, Facebook is Jillian Fisher. Uh, YouTube is at Jillian Fisher and Twitter is at Fisher Jillian. So most of the videos um, go on pretty much all of the platforms. They're just, you know, a little bit different depending on where you're going. I actually, huge goal just broke like right before um, this podcast. I actually have approval now to release videos over two minutes and 20 seconds on Twitter. Uh, so that's huge. So all of the videos can now all be fully uploaded to Twitter. So Crack them um, for that. Yeah. Yeah, um, crack them. It was, I, I was totally unexpected message from Twitter. So I was like, this is amazing. So, um, but just a little bit different on each platform. Um, there's benefits on following whichever one you would love to, but I try to put every video on each platform. They're just, you know, on Instagram, sometimes you have to swipe. So some people like comment how they don't like to do that. So they go watch it on Facebook. So but Jillian Fisher or at Fisher Jillian. All right. Yeah, we have also tagged Jillian. Um, we kind of build up some suspense on our Twitter account. So if yeah. you go there, um, she is tagged there. And then obviously we'll tag her when we release this episode. And um, hopefully you'll throw it a retweet maybe. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, di- I didn't even see that we were. Uh, I got to find. Okay. I see it now. I'm going to retweet it right now. Okay. Yeah. No, I just <laughs> grabbed a, a screenshot from one of your videos. We, I look we had to so have you... angry in it. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. You were Hawks gear and it was yes. a free roast on us with the yes. uh, um, winter classic uh, or most outdoor games banner yeah. in there. So, um, Tony, you got anything else for Jillian? No, I'm good. Just thank you for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Jillian, thank you again. Um, you know, she put all her links there. Be sure to go and follow her. Show some love. Um, her YouTube channel is great. Subscribe to it if you haven't already. 
And um, Jillian, you have a great night. Thank you again for coming on. Thank really you. Thank you, guys. I'll talk to you soon. All right, everyone, that was Jillian Fisher. Uh, big thanks to her for coming on the podcast, taking time out of her day to talk to us. Um, that was some great perspective there, Tony. Um, just from a general fan's perspective, you know, we're all pretty Blackhawk-centered here, so you get kind of uh, different, you know, obviously it's a different favorite team, but then she understands uh, fandom around the league. Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was actually, you know, pretty impressed with, you know, the in-depth knowledge of each fan base that she had. Uh, not something that, you know, you or I get to experience on a day-to-day basis. Just um, we're, like you said, very Blackhawks heavy. So uh, hearing, you know, how, you know, Philly fans react to something or L.A. fans react to something, that, that's something that we don't really get to take into perspective from time to time. And you know, we're all hockey fans here. So just outside of being a Blackhawks heavy podcast, I'm sure you're a huge NHL fan and a fan of the sport. And I think that that's something that we need to take uh, a little bit more serious sometimes when we have these interactions with other teams fans. You know, it's, it's fun to hate on another fan base. It's fun to hate on Nashville. It's fun to hate on, you know, LA. I, I know you specifically hate them, but it's it's pretty interesting when we got into that conversation about, you know, if you're gonna make a video to mock Vegas, go after the uh you know, the entertainment that they provide in game. Uh every fan base is kinda unique and that that was you know, she offered really good insights on some of that stuff. So uh I enjoyed that. Yeah, no, it's definitely good. You know, she knows her stuff. Um she obviously has her clients prepared when she does videos. Um, so she has a basis on what she is creating there. Um, so once again, thank you to Jillian Fisher. Uh, really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, we got to wrap it up here, Tony. Um, let's look at the Blackhawks week ahead. Sounds good. All right. So on Thursday night, Blackhawks are at the Rangers six o'clock. Um, and then Sunday they got a matinee game back home at the UC, against the Washington Capitals, 11.30 a.m. Tony, what sticks out to me about that is the 11.30 a.m. start on Sunday. Um, If I I go out on Saturday night, I think I might just stay up all night and, you know, just ride it out. Well, I'm actually kind of thankful that it's this Sunday that they're doing the uh, the 11.30 game because I know you and I are going to be in attendance to a Friday night event uh, the week after, and I'm probably going to need two or three days to recover from that. Uh, but yeah, no, the 11:30 games kind of drive me nuts, um, especially in the Chicago time zone. I feel like those should be like one o'clock starts. I don't know about you, but like give people time to wake up and actually watch this. I mean, on the East Coast, what is that? No, it's 12:30. No, it's 12:30 in the East Coast or West Coast. Sorry. Yeah, on the West Coast. West, oh, West Coast 9:30. Yeah, you know, if you're a West Coast hockey fan, you're not waking up at nine thirty and cracking a beer and and watching Washington play Chicago. Yeah, and I mean, maybe a, you are, but you know, that's kind of a power yeah. move. Hey, props to you if you are, but um, that uh, you know, it's a national game, so it's on NBC. And right, I, mean, exactly. I, I know, I know they are doing that to avoid the football um ratings uh kind of conflict there. I, I understand that, I get it, but um. You know, Schedule the game for just, like seven thirty. Who who cares? Yeah, this I is mean, this is Washington and Chicago, two of the 
you know, best franchises in hockey right now. Like, even though that the Hawks have struggled over the past like two, three years, but people you know, still tune Ovechkin, in. Ovechkin, yeah, it's Ovechkin and Patrick Kane. Like, how could you? You know, I don't know. It feels like it diminishes the product to me. Yeah, whatever. Um, the Rangers game, um, that'll be interesting. Uh, you know, New York's a big stage. You know, even if the Rangers aren't what they used to be, um, perennial contender. Um, it, it's still Madison square garden. It's still a massive stage. Um, that's, I don't know, you know, you, you got a lot of young guys on this Blackhawks team. I wonder what their reaction is going to be to be playing in the, you know, possibly what some people would call the biggest stage in the NHL. Yeah. It'll be nice to see that. I think, uh, I think a lot of the veterans have played enough games in MSG to, to kind of you know, prepare people for what to expect. And it would be, I think a little bit different if it was two, you know, playoff teams coming into this. So, you know, right now I think it's low pressure. I think that might actually be a better stage for some of these guys to get introduced to a stadium like Madison square garden, but a uh, cool experience nonetheless for some of the newer players on the team. Um, hopefully guys like uh, camp can, can, you know, get their stuff together and actually per- perform, uh, at a high level at that stadium, but um, I don't really, I don't really like to think into, you know, the the stadium's going to be a problem for these guys. Uh, they've played NHL now uh, for most of what is it? We're already going to be towards the middle of January, so they've been in quite a few buildings that are probably louder than Madison Square Garden at this point in time. I don't like to play into that's going to be a problem for them. I think some of their problems are already there. They're exposed. Um, you'd like to think that uh, the Winter Classic would have prepared for any type of you know high-level energy atmosphere, and, and this shouldn't be a problem for anybody. Yeah. No, I just have to mention it because it's historic venue. Um, you know, the it's always hyped up, original six matchup, whatever. Um, was just previewing the week there. Um, biggest thing I'm looking forward to is let's see some damn depth scoring. We'd mentioned it a little bit in our intro. Um, it's non-existent right now. I want to see some third and fourth line guys get on the board. That helps balance this thing across um, your whole lineup, uh, take some pressure off those top guys. And then maybe like we had mentioned earlier, you know, someone like side who's kind of been, you know, trending downward as of late overall, um, I mean, maybe that takes a little pressure off of him and he's able to find a groove there. So uh, when you when you have a different threat on your line, so say he's playing on a third line, you have another threat from the wing, you know, other teams thinking about that a little bit more than just focusing on a Brandon side. So um, that that's what I would be. That'd be my key for the week. Let's get these bottom two lines going. Absolutely. I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see Kajula get a goal mm-hmm. and I'd also like to see Saad. So those are my two guys that I want. I want on the score sheet. Yeah, absolutely. So we are out of time here. Um, great show. Uh, just an unbelievable interview with Jillian. Um, we touched on some of the Hawks struggles as of late, uh, the Jan Ruta trade. Um, you got anything else to add, Tony, before we sign off? Uh, let's go Blackhawks. I'd like to see a victory in New York and then back home i think the fans need to be treated to a victory against the defending cup champion washington team it would be great to see them shut out ovi um i know that 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 uh 
the UC will probably be packed for that game, so it would be good to uh, to bring one home there for the boys. I agree 100%. Uh, it's time to knock off this losing streak. Um, let's get right back at it on Thursday night and uh, commit to the Indian. What do you say? Let's go Absolutely. Hawks. Absolutely, let's go Hawks.